Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panthers quarterback. He's in a room with Sam Darnold, who's going to make 18.8 this year unless he follows a similar path that Baker has followed where Today, Mayfield took a $3.5 million pay cut, reportedly, uh, that will make Cleveland agree to $10.5 million of the remainder of the contract, and Carolina is paying roughly $5 million to acquire Baker Mayfield in exchange for a 2024 fifth-round pick. Outkick 360, final hour is here. It's a very similar type of trade to and, and the money's a bit off here, but to what Ryan Tannehill was traded for to the Titans, where the vast majority of the contract, guys, was at the time paid for by the Miami Dolphins. The Titans picked up the rest of the deal in exchange for, a, a, what, a late-round pick? And I think it was a fourth-round pick, maybe? Maybe at the time, Yeah, fourth or fifth. Day three pick. And... We know what happened there. The key with Tannehill, though, is he sat on the bench as the backup and was okay being the backup for about six weeks. Week, week six at Denver was the final start for Marcus Mariota that season, and we know the rest. They came back that week after an awful performance on the road against the Broncos, and they end up turning things over to, uh, to the backup. I, I, the question I would have is, do we foresee Baker immediately taking over the starting role? And if so, does that help his chances or hurt his chances of getting a long-term contract? Because he's picking up the offense about a month and a half before the season kicks off. I think it'll be fine in terms of learning the offense. I mean, there'll be nuances and other stuff that, that'll take some time. But if you have a full camp and you get the playbook in your hands weeks before uh, camp, uh, you know, it'll be intensive, but but he'll be fine in terms of learning it. I, I have no doubt he starts on opening day um, based on what we've seen uh, Sam Darnold do. Uh, we haven't heard from the, the Panthers yet on what they how they're going to spin it. So uh, do they say it's a competition? Do they say he's a guy? I have to say that, but I, I don't um, know if they say Baker's the starter. Um, uh, because if you do plan on trading Darnold, I wouldn't say he's the backup. And well, people have watched the film. I mean, I think they'll. they'll well, they've also watched how Carolina you know, did, I, I went through the offseason. I mean, they didn't draft a quarterback early. They could have had Pickett, chose not to draft him. They had, what, the seventh or eighth pick in the draft, did not go quarterback, and waited until late day two to, to go with Corral. So I'm. I'm so I was surprised by the way the Panthers treated the position. Quite frankly, I'm surprised by the way the Panthers treated. But ultimately, they get what they did. What they should have done, and they got a good price for Baker Mayfield that improves their quarterback room and improves that position. And I think he's absolutely going to be the starter. 
And I also think that they absolutely will have the illusion of a battle in camp. I think it's not going to be, you're the starter day one, but deep down they're going to know Baker Mayfield will be the starter. But they're going to play it like it's a a straight-up competition between Darnold and Baker Mayfield for that starting spot. Surprised me that Seattle wasn't interested in Baker Mayfield. They appear to be a team that's okay bottoming out this year and, and getting a high draft pick and not taking a half measure at quarterback. And I think they see Baker Mayfield as a half measure at quarterback. They want to go all in on a rookie with one of the top picks in the draft because that team is not going to be any good this year. So it took longer than I thought. There was far less interest across the league than I expected for Baker Mayfield. But ultimately, he lands in a good spot. And I think Carolina gets him in a good spot to come in and, and be the starter for that team. How it's, about... Um, it, 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 I, I, don't, I think we're, we're making it seem like it's much easier than what it is. He, he will play a preseason game for Carolina in five weeks. Five weeks is whenever they will play in Washington for a preseason but performance. But you may do nothing in a preseason game. I don't know. If it's I don't a, remember if it's a quarterback Carolina's battle, approaches. he's going to play quite a bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. I think Baker Mayfield will be ready to go on opening day for them, and, and that's what things are keyed around. A lot of teams treat the preseason games as, as nothing now. Even, even with the competition, they, they hide stuff and play vanilla. So we'll, we'll see how they sell it. But I, I'm confident he'll be the guy on opening day. I think Darnold's a dud and done. Well, I, I'm just comparing, Paul, the, how the Titans treated Tannehill. Tannehill played a lot that preseason because they wanted him yeah. to get reps with players that he had not played with in an offense he had not called in a huddle. I yeah. mean, that, that's cr- the preseason games will be crucial for Baker Mayfield as he's, if, he, if he's the starter September 11th. He's got to play in the preseason. But Mariota was much more solidly uh, the starter coming into that situation than Darnold is now, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a great situation for Baker Mayfield if it worked out just the same way it did for Ryan Tannehill. But yeah, I, I agree that Marcus Mariota was on much more solid footing as the starter. That was not a competition to start that season. Well, It became a competition because Marcus Mariota bottomed out. And then Ryan Tannehill made the most of that opportunity. But I don't think Sam Darnold is in the same position Mariota was with the Titans. Well, I think Mariota could see the writing on the wall. Um, that if things went badly, yeah. we've got somebody. And, well, this Sam Darnold, by the way, Matt Corral's been taking the third string reps all offseason, not the second. So, I mean, he's not looking over his shoulder at P.J. Walker. And now he's five weeks away from the first preseason game where he's either going to be traded or he'll be, I think, going into that week – he would be treated – I mean, you're not going to – I wouldn't want Sam Darnold to take the preseason reps because if he's hurt, then you're guaranteed the salary in a preseason performance where you're not getting anything in exchange for him if you can trade him, if another team gets an injury and you can trade him. So you'd be treating him delicately throughout camp in right. uh, thinking that way. Right. But, I, you know, if it's a – man, it, either way, it's an interesting discussion because you've got Matt Rule, who I, I think is a dead man walking. I do too. And – He's, he's either got to rush Mayfield and get him ready with a, a, a new offensive coordinator because McAdoo didn't finish the season last year even after they fired uh, their, their OC. And you've got Matt Rule who's got to win to keep his gig. And it has not been, it's not been pretty despite what he's getting paid to be the head coach in Carolina. So it's... Uh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't rush Mayfield is what I'm saying. Let's throw out the question. 
you got to win if you're Matt Rule. You're playing for your job. You're coaching for your job. Uh, this short amount of a time, who gives you the best chance to win early in the season? Baker Mayfield or, or Sam Darnold? I'll be the first to raise my hand and say Baker Mayfield. Well, I'm with you. Even in short prep but, gives you a better chance. But the best case scenario. That's not to say that it'd be crazy to hear someone say Sam Darnold knowing the offense early on could help you more. I think it's a little bit crazy, but I would understand that argument. Sam Darnold sucked last year, given multiple opportunities to take it back. I have no hesitation saying Mayfield. But the best scenario for Rule is that Corral comes on during the course of the year and is very strong late in the season because then Rule could sell to Tepper. I, we've got our guy going forward. And, uh, and this guy, yeah, I don't think I, that's a likely scenario at all. Yeah, I think but they, if he had his quarterback of the future, he'd be set and he could cast himself as the coach of the future because he has the quarterback of the future. I, think I don't think it's If likely. we're going to play that card, I think they're better served allowing Mayfield to be the savior and not Matt Corral. Matt Corral's not the future based on how they've treated no. him this offseason. Um, no, but it's early still. But he's under contract long-term. Early and still. Cheap, but, and that's the I mean, ideal this would, thing. This is the equivalent. I mean – the separation between where the Titans drafted their rookie and where the Panthers drafted theirs is not that far. And the Panthers just traded for Baker Mayfield while the Titans have been sitting pat with Logan Woodside as the third. So, I mean, the view well, the of Titans Matt Corral... Okay Tannehill. The view of Matt... Ryan Tannehill, either way, is either restructuring his contract or he's gone a year from now. Yeah, but they're stable with Ryan Tannehill currently, whereas Carolina had no stability with Darnold. But even by saying that, you're, you're assuming that this was their plan all along when they have slow played this to allow another team to get involved if they so chose, and we didn't see that. In fact, they sat there while all the media was speculating about Seattle because Carolina didn't trade for Mayfield during the draft. If, if you were worried about Sam Darnold, the time to trade for, for Baker Mayfield would have been during the draft. That way you have time to trade Sam Darnold today instead of five weeks from now playing a preseason game where no one's going to want to trade for Sam Darnold. I don't think there's a market for Sam Darnold except as a backup, and I don't think well, anybody's paying $18.8 million for Sam Darnold as a backup. Well, uh, I, that's clearly the case, given the fact that no one was willing to do that for Baker Mayfield. Right. A so, better option. Yeah, right. But uh, a better option that would have been great for Carolina three months ago. I mean, we could say all that and that they took risk and whatever, but they wound up with them. So they played it just fine. They, they played it just fine, but the way they've played it tells me that Sam Darnold has a great chance to start week one. I'm not crumbling up this piece of paper with Sam Darnold's name on it and throwing it away saying that he's not going to start week one. I think well, the best case for Mayfield to earn a contract extension and the best case for Matt Rule is for if things go awry, and it's not that difficult on paper of a first month of the season. If things go awry early, you turn things over to Baker after he's been there for two months. And you allow him to make the run that Tannehill did, that Vince Young did whenever he came in for Kerry Collins, um, that we've seen time and time again of a guy who, it's not if you lose, you, it's how you lose. And if you get you back to 500 at the end of the year, you can ride the momentum of Baker Mayfield long term. It's interesting, but if I'm David Tepper and that were the case and that plays out that way, my immediate question is, why did Baker Mayfield not start at the start of the season? And if the response is because he needed three or four more weeks to get ready with the offense, I'm not buying it and Matt Rule's a dead man either no, way. Well, no, you respond and say because ownership wouldn't pay the full salary whenever we tried to trade for him in the draft. 
That would be my response to David Tepper. And my response is David Tepper is, I'm the owner. Great. See you. Take, take off. But you left the situation where he's joining. I mean, his first practice will be day one of camp. I don't see any scenario. Matt Rule, if he starts Sam Darnold, he's showing why he's going to get fired. Because Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback. But Sam it, Darnold was hurt. He had no I, choice. I can't speak for what he's, what he's thinking. But he's got a choice now on who to start because he's got Baker but, Mayfield but, and Sam Darnold. But they didn't set him up to succeed by starting Baker Mayfield in week one by trading for him now. That, that's my point. If you want Matt Rule to have a true choice and get, and get your quarterback ready to go, which, by the way, that's what he was drafted – not drafted, that's what he was signed to do as the coach at Baylor. He was brought in to be an offensive guy – and now they've said, hey, here's Baker, five weeks until game number one in the preseason. Get him ready. And oh, by the way, here's Matt Corral, who's not, they're not going to cut him. And you've got Darnold, who's going to make 18.8, and we're not going to just cut him and lose that money. And they're telling us that because they wouldn't just trade and pay Baker Mayfield. So, I, I, we and can, it's not a salary cap situation. We can play this back when the time comes, but I would put good money right now on Baker Mayfield starting for the Panthers if they start him beating the Cleveland Browns quarterback by Jacoby Brissett in week one at home. Me too. Right now, Cleveland is a one-point favorite. I'm about to load up on the money line on Carolina because you're going to get a highly motivated and finally healthy Baker Mayfield in that game. Now, he may stub his toe You know, three of the next four weeks after that. I think week one, given the circumstances – Given that they're playing the Cleveland Browns, I think Baker Mayfield's your, your best option. Sam Darnold was out for five games. I don't remember if that was an injury. I presume it was. He played the final three games last year, threw uh, two picks, fumbled three times, threw for an average of 180 yards, got sacked over four times a game, and had a passer rating of 73.8. Well, let, let's be fair to Sam Darnold He's a bad here. team. Bad team. Offensive line suck. Matt Rule was forced to make a move Christian with McCaffrey Joe Brady. Got hurt. Christian McCaffrey's on injured reserve and had been injured. It came back from injury, got hurt within the first two quarters of coming back. Um, yeah, it, it, it had zero investment on offense through the draft. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the final three games of the regular season are anything to judge Sam Darnold on. I, think I, the, I would judge it more on what, he do, what the, did he do in the first month out of the shoot with a very overhyped Joe Brady calling plays and a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Well, the first month of the season, he was good. We That's, know that. Then the and, team fell apart. And now he has a healthy Christian McCaffrey. I don't know for how long. And he's making the most amount of money. And I think unless you're going to trade him, you're going to try to keep him around. He doesn't, no, he doesn't come around, but he doesn't have to play. Oh, but we know how this goes. Well, the best, the best thing that can happen for the Panthers long-term, to me, is Baker Mayfield starts week one. He has a very good season. Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. And by the end of this season, you're not thinking about Matt Corral. You're not thinking about you know drafting another quarterback or bringing someone else in. You are legitimately thinking, this is our franchise quarterback now moving forward. And pairing him with Christian McCaffrey – is going to be successful. Now, I understand what you're saying, Hutton, that a good scenario for for Matt Rule would be Sam Darnold gets off to a pretty good start again, and he knows the offense better, and then if things start to slide, you bring Baker Mayfield off the bench, and he takes off, 
in the end of the season, and then you're done with Sam Darnold, and from a coaching standpoint, you get to sell the, hey, it was only an eight- or nine-game sample, but look what it was like with Baker Mayfield here. Um, I, I still believe that Baker Mayfield gives them the best chance. There's no I, reason to treat Darnold like an incumbent who deserves to, to be displaced. I think he will be treated that way, though, I, at least publicly. I, I believe not they're not going to anoint anyone the star. Maybe at the beginning. Can't, I also am not stupid enough to think that there's something behind the scenes with all this. Cons- consider the deal where they, they're paying $5 million and a draft pick that doesn't even come up next year, and that's not a deal that any other team would have offered Cleveland today. There's so, it, no one was rushing for a future franchise quarterback Baker Mayfield option throughout all of the quarterback movement that we saw and all the speculation of draft day trades, of what Cleveland was going to be willing to pay versus not, of, oh, maybe they're going to make amends and he's going to come back and be the savior in Cleveland. No. They had parted ways well before uh, and made up their mind well before they went and offered the guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson uh, where he is a, what, what was it called? They needed an adult in the room. And someone from the front office leaked that, yep. that quote. Haslam saying it wasn't him, but it came from that upper management. Point being, like, unless it was Carolina, there's not another team that thought Baker Mayfield was worth paying $5 million to. Were there a lot of teams thinking that Ryan Tannehill was worth None. anything when the Titans got him? I mean, I, I bet we could point to plenty of examples of oh, the rest but, of the league Chad, getting it wrong. that overlooks the months that we've been talking about Baker Mayfield compared to the days we talked about Ryan Tannehill. But, I mean, that's, they traded for Ryan Tannehill in March. But it's not Baker Mayfield's a big fault difference here. that he's a bigger you know, celebrity, and we've talked no, about it longer. No, but given the fact that he's the, what, the number one overall pick from 2018, and not, there was not another Who was team. Miami's quarterback at the time? Who did they trade for? Who did they have on that roster? Um... Matt Moore was on the because roster. the problem here is that the Browns well, make the make the move for Deshaun Watson, and then everyone knows that they they have nothing. They've got no leverage with Baker Mayfield. They've got to get rid of him. So you can you can wait 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 until the price is perfect. I'm not suggesting I'm not suggesting he's pristine or phenomenal. I'm suggesting he's better than Sam Darnold. There's a big difference between the two. And I'm willing to bet that the Panthers had better intel than media members around the league on the, the Seahawks interest. And they got him at a bargain thereof. basement price. They waited My it point out. Is, I think they, they knew they were the only but team in the running. I think there's a big detail that we're overlooking here. The NFL is not built on teams that are willing to just lose from the front office and the head coaching standpoint. That's the key here, especially – Snyder in Seattle. Let's start there. Who is genuinely praised for being one of the smartest dudes in the room. And they wouldn't make a deal for Baker Mayfield for a fifth round pick in 2024 and paying $5 million of his salary. Well, I think we all agree we don't know what's going on in Seattle because they didn't go get anybody else at, at, at the time when other guys were also available. They didn't chase Matt Ryan. They didn't, uh, you know, whoever else, they didn't draft. Uh, they had a lot of other options. They didn't take well, any of them. It's not only Baker Mayfield that they let's turned Let's put the caveat on. out there also. Pending a physical. But maybe the rest of the league's looking around and they've heard something about that. That's not all right with Baker Mayfield. That, that's a big piece of this yep. that we assume he's going to come back and be healthy and fine. Maybe, yeah. look, I, these teams, these 32 teams have better intel than the media has and a lot of other people have. And maybe there's a lot of talking going on about his ability to recover from the shoulder issue. 
and that at his frame and his size, it's going to be a much bigger issue. That's the one thing. Honestly, I look at the Seattle situation, and I, I, that's the one thing I can think that they would be saying to themselves, uh, we're not taking this chance, even if it's a minimal chance, at the price of Baker Mayfield right now for this trade on a guy we don't think is going to be healthy. Or again, I mean, they're, I just I cannot believe that they think their current quarterback situation with Geno Smith and Drew Locke is better than a healthy Baker Mayfield of what we saw with Baker Mayfield. But healthy Baker Mayfield is the operative term here. Do they believe he's not going to be as healthy ever again? Maybe that's part of the league being afraid of Baker Mayfield. I don't know. Uh, well, if it's, if it's the health issue, even if he passes the physical, that's even more of a reason not to start him a month and a half. Well, if it's the health, if it's the health issue and, and what I'm saying is true, that the rest of the league, that if what I'm saying could be true, the rest of the league being afraid of the health issue, if that is in fact true, Sam Darnold's going to be the starter for the entire season in Carolina. Well, you avoid the trade. Because he's just not, yeah. But I mean, even if it's, you know, you pass the physical, but he's not right when he gets out there, we're going to know because Sam Darnold's going to be out there playing a very mediocre quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was your starter in Miami when they traded Tannehill. They drafted two of the year after that. Uh, My point over there uh, overall is it's not the celebrity status of Baker Mayfield compared to Ryan Tannehill. They traded Ryan Tannehill in March. And meanwhile, here's Baker Mayfield getting traded on July the 6th. There's a big window gap there that normally we don't see for a former number one overall pick at the position that we all agree is worth the investment. But you, it's rare that only one team gets involved on that type of investment if it's considered a bargain. You wrote very strongly. Where the strongly, team's going to pay for that guy not to be there. You wrote very strongly about how irrelevant uh, OTAs are, though. So are you that concerned with him having missed the It's offseason? not irrelevant for the, the, the incoming guys. Um, yeah, I would say it's irrelevant for the media to be there to take attendance on a daily basis. Um, it's irrelevant to judge anything we see from these players at OTAs. I don't think it's irrelevant for a player to be around a playbook uh, where the CBA actually grants him access to be coached. That part of it is not irrelevant. The, the reporting of, of the OTAs are completely irrelevant when it comes to the on-field progress of a player. Well, I, th- I, I get what you're saying, but reporting on Baker Mayfield's progress during that. And I, if I clearly stated there, in my column have, that if you have a new play caller relevant. with a new quarterback, what we see is not irrelevant, but it's tough to judge one way or the other based on the result of that three-day window of mandatory minicamp. Well, we'll have to see this play out. I think Baker Mayfield will be just fine with the time he's got. It's not ideal, but it'll be just fine. And I, I think he's the starter. I think Darnold is a wash now. Coming up, Kennedy Chandler signs the richest second-round contract in NBA history. We'll tell you what that means for Kennedy Chandler, the Grizzlies, and what message it sends for those that wanted him to stay back and get paid in college. And uh, we mentioned the Live Tour and the PGA Tour and those who have jumped. We mentioned DeChambeau's money. Taylor Gooch uh, also with a stupid statement about competition for the Live Tour and a recent victory that he had. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Good for Kennedy Chandler, man. Getting the the largest second-round contract we've seen from a rookie in the league. Basically getting into first-round money for being a second-round pick that was traded to Memphis. And the Grizzlies are going to have a big payroll coming up. I mean, they've already got it now because they're paying Ja Morant. Um, They will have to pay the piper with Desmond Bain if they're going to keep him around. That's coming up very soon. Tyus Jones, they brought back on a one-year deal, I believe. But that's quickly a very expensive roster and then they have Kenny Chandler making him the the highest paid second round player ever for a rookie contract highest paid American second round player ever there's been uh international players that have the pool to stay home and make more money that have made more uh but I was shocked when I saw that I think over over four million close to four and a half million guaranteed as part of an eight million dollar contract over four years over four years so he's gonna make a little more than a million dollars a year um I could still probably say that he he could have come back and made more than a million to play at Tennessee and NIL if he would decide to do so. But here's the thing with Kennedy Chandler. He's not getting any taller. And that's the knock on Kennedy Chandler. Yes, he needed to tighten up his handle a little bit. His outside shot really only started happening at the end of the season for him. His free throws were not good, his free throw percentage. He definitely could have improved that. But, I mean, does he bounce from, you know, early second round to late first round after a year? I don't know. I don't know what next year's draft class would look like. And but if that he, would be, I would say that, no. He gets paid about the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, it, it's, it's similar money if he does that. I think it's hard for a guy to move up considering a whole other class of people come in. Even if he improves on those things, they're going to be more attractive. You know, a, another two rounds worth of guys who are probably – attractive ahead of him. So I, I think he did well for himself. He did, he did well for himself. Um, am I crazy to think that no other team outside of Memphis would do this, given his roots in Memphis? Certainly helped. I mean, I mean, this is one where normally scenario. people would say, oh, you're crazy. You know, it, professional teams don't look at college affiliation or where someone's from and make a move like that. And I look at this one and think, the Memphis Grizzlies are the only team that would have made him the highest-paid American second-round pick ever. Maybe that did play a factor. I'm always curious about how a team sets a new bar when they don't have to based on precedent uh, for for leagues that point to precedent and say, hey, we've got got this second-round slotted this way because this is what so-and-so got at the same position two years ago. Yeah. You know, this is is definitely, you know, mid to – you know, third level, first round money from four or five years ago in the league. It's it's a great gesture by Memphis, and, and it's I think it's a legitimate gesture on their part to say you are in our plans. This is not your standard second round pick scenario where eh, maybe maybe some G League time, maybe you play a little bit with the big roster, but we don't really know about you. This is them saying to announcing to everyone we got an absolute steal in the second round. We believe this guy has first-round talent. 
and he failed us in the second round, and we are going to show that to him, even if we don't have to. They didn't have to do this, right? Well, I mean, he this also is, wasn't the first pick of the second round either. No, I mean, exactly. He's 50, what, 53rd? Yeah, he's mid-second round, mid to late second round. So and It's this a is, statement. This is also the example of why you have Scottie Pippen Jr. trying his hand at the draft. I mean, while we'll see this moving forward, they're going to point to deals like this. And this is also now what players should and likely will point to if you're going to try to get them to, and convince them to stay an extra year for NIL. They're going to point to salaries like this where a second-round salary, even if the guy comes back, is not – I mean, if he's a bottom-of-the-first-round pick, it's going to be very similar to the money that Chandler just received. So that's well, the money you're going to have to meet. I, I could point to, depending on what argument you want to make on what side of it, I could also point to the fact that Scottie Pippen wasn't drafted. Right, but and if that, he is drafted, that, it's going to be mid to late second round, just like Kennedy Chandler. Yeah, but he wasn't. So it, that my argument, right. if I'm Vanderbilt or a collective, is you should have come back here and we'd have paid you a million dollars to star for Vanderbilt. Or if you're Gonzaga, or if you're somewhere he could have transferred. But, but that's going but to be the, the constant But the point is, I'm not debate. getting any taller. And if I come back, I'm going to help myself how much. If, I, if, if in fact, I am a mid-second round pick that many people thought Scottie Pippen Jr. would yeah, be I, a mid-second round pick. Hutton, you're saying that these guys are now going to point to Kennedy Chandler and say, this is why I'm going to the draft. I'm telling you there are other smart, rational people that could point to Scottie Pippen Jr. and say, this is why I'm coming back or go and making $1.5 million. I, I wouldn't point to the highest paid American in history of the second round as my example as a five foot eleven guy as to why I'm gonna to go to the draft because it's gonna be just like that. He's one guy. He's one guy making that and much money in the second round. Well uh, I could point to uh, what I you, could I could point to a hundred well, Scotty Pippen juniors but no, but that didn't get drafted. Point being I'm either going or the college I'm transferring to because Vanderbilt's not playing, paying this. Uh, the college of I'm trans- the college I'm transferring to is paying me this. And that this is this that's exactly that's the my number point. now. That's what I'm saying. You're well, going to point to a mid-second round pick and say, meet this criteria. Otherwise, I'll go to the G League. I'll go and be uh, you know, the undrafted player and play a year, get paid, and move my way up because the team I'm currently playing for doesn't invest in name image likeness. But pay me a fourth of that. It's a four-year deal, right? Well, so they can just go somewhere that will pay them also. I mean, if it, you're right. If Vandy's not going to pay it, uh, will North Carolina pay it? Will somewhere else pay it that needs a point guard or needs a, a scoring two guard, you know, that could get them over the hump and you could go play in an NCAA tournament? Then, yeah. I mean, you, you can use that leverage to go get paid somewhere else. I, I think there's a number of cautionary tales with this. And my hope is that as a bigger college basketball fan than NBA fan, that there's going to be more people looking at Scottie Pippen and less people pointing to Kennedy Chandler. Because Kennedy Chandler is the exception and not the rule for a second-round pick with the, the, the hometown deal he got in Memphis. I, and it's going to require teams stepping up and making sure that they get a million dollars for this fifth-year player or fourth-year senior to come back and play to make it worth their while. I fully believe Kennedy Chandler would have, if he would have said, I need this much to come back, he could have made probably a hundred grand more to play one more year at Tennessee. Now it's not a four-year deal, yeah. you know. It's not that, but he could have made that. And I'm not saying he made the wrong decision because he got his contract. But if you didn't want to take that chance, 
on the NBA draft and said, I like college basketball. I like playing. I don't want to take the chance of playing in the G League if that's a reality. I'd rather do this. There's going to be arguments to be made on both sides. Plenty of guys in the second round getting no guarantee at all, though, right? I I just, I still believe the way the NBA is structured, if you aren't really sure that you're going to be a first-round pick, you need to seriously consider upping the ante in terms of what you get paid in college to come back for a year. Now, again, everyone is different. And like I said, Kennedy Chandler's probably not improving his draft stock. Is he improving Tennessee's stock? Yes. Is he helping the Tennessee Vols win win another SEC title a year from now? Probably, if he's on that roster. Is he going to be a first-round pick? Probably not. So he landed in the best possible spot for him, getting that guaranteed money. I was surprised when I saw that story. I, I really was, that they went that far. I mean, they, they, but good for him. They get those deal done. The, the deals get completed fast in the league. Um, and a lot of the second round picks are signing the same type of contract that you get if you're undrafted. You sign these two-way contracts uh, without the, the fully guaranteed money that Chandler's going to get over the course of the next four years. It's upwards. It, the most it can be is a little over $7 million, I believe. Right? And then near almost $5 million is fully guaranteed. Yeah, it's... And then if he plays well, within three years, he's getting an extension. It's, it feels like it's a lot less dramatic uh, with draft picks in the NBA. It's, so, it's a lot yeah. less dramatic everywhere, but once you get to that max contract range, NBA majors in drama when it comes to those guys and where they're going to end up. So what, what, did, uh, what did Taylor Gooch have to say about the great competition of the, of the Live Tour? Yeah, Taylor Gooch, uh, you know, who... He did get paid quite a bit this past weekend. Yeah, so Taylor Gooch made $1.425 million between finishing seventh and his team finishing first. Uh, this is at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon at, at a live event. Um, so he was really into the team element, which prompted him to say this. I haven't played at a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, but I can't imagine there's a whole hell of lot of a difference. This was as cool as it gets. Did they give him the 750 grand? Uh, this makes <laughs> me feel as if he has not watched many Ryder Cups on his television. Maybe they're, the European ones are too early yeah. for him to get up, and well, the he, American ones, he had that, something else going on so that Ju- weekend. Justin Thomas responded. It was uh, someone read Gucci's comments, and Thomas said, yeah, you can't compare those. There's no event on tour that's like the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. Until you stand on that first tee in France and there's 10,000 people there, I feel like you wouldn't be able to – he said, I felt like I wouldn't be able to get a golf ball on a tee. I'm so nervous and my hands are shaking so bad. Yeah, I probably wouldn't comment on saying that one is like the other because it's definitely not. Yeah, it's just a dumb thing to say. I mean, he's out there. He he just had a good weekend. He wants to hype his new tour. But uh, you go overboard and what you end up in is being, you know – told how dumb you look by people like us and by colleagues. <laughs> yeah, just stick to I would stick to the script of uh Boy, that was fun. Yeah, I made $750,000 yeah. extra because this team event that we have while we're also competing head to head. There's a great video of Patrick Reed, you know, Captain America for his play in international competition at the Live event. Yeah. And he's standing next to, <laughs> next to Gooch when he makes those comments and his face <laughs> is like uh, Oh, t- tell me more. Really? It's, it's similar, huh? Interesting. Other comments. Until he's like, oh, he actually, he's really saying that, huh? Other comments by a golfer we care about came from Tiger Woods. 
who uh, he played Monday and Tuesday at the J.P. McManus Pro-Am in Adair, at Adair Manor Golf Club in Ireland. This is part of his prep. He did not play well. For the British Open. Seven over, I think. 77. I've been able to put in a lot more reps, which is great, he told Golf Week. I still prefer riding in a cart. I'm doing that here only because I don't need to push it right now. I've got a long week ahead of me and all of next week to do that. Save the legs. We can still train as hard as we do each and every day. But as far as duration on my feet, let's try and keep that to a minimum until we have to. And then when we have to, let's go. I don't find that particularly encouraging. No. I don't find any of this encouraging for wanting to see Tiger play at a high level again. And th- this is – it's always going to be the issue, right? The, the legs and walking that many holes and how much worse is it going to get over a weekend, even if he makes a cut? Is it – when do you fall off that cliff where physically you just can't do it anymore? And actually making it through 72 holes is always going to be the challenge. And it's clear he's nowhere near where he needs to be right now. But maybe a year from now, he gets back up to a level where he can make a run at another well, major and be in contention on a Sunday and physically be able to withstand it. But he's not there right now, clearly. I don't know if he will get back to that. He's playing. He, he basically, based on the, the story I was reading, I'll pull it up right now. He lost his calf, his, his right calf muscle is gone and and that's just op, just observing a photo of him playing this past weekend you can see his leg and how the injury has clearly affected him there's a reason why there is a gate to him walking around the course and i'm showing paul and chad what his calf it's, and it's legs looks normal. like oh i've uh, wanted to see this it's not like anything just you know rehab wise i mean it, they're not going to implant the calf muscle back in, is my guess. Yeah, and, I mean, it's, it's as not, misshapen as I expected. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. And I, I think more or less, and I, I, he would hate to hear this, I view the comment thinking he wants to go to the British Open and play the Open to the 150th anniversary of the tournament at, at St. Andrews. Andrews. And he doesn't want to miss that tournament. As much as he wants to be competitive, he also wants to be a part of the historic tournament itself. Uh, and I hate that because I'm going into it with very low expectations. And, you know, prior to anything competitive this year, I've just said, man, can he just make it to the weekend? And now I'm, I'm thinking, does he make the broadcast more than the average player that's in contention on a Friday? He's going to be all over the screen. But the point is, there got to a point where at the U.S. Open... Uh, or the PGA Championship, rather, they weren't showing him because he was, his play was so bad. They and showed him putt out on 18. Yeah, the, the best way at the U.S. Open, physically, I was not able to do that. There's no way physically I could have done that. I had some yeah. issues with my leg, and it would have put the tournament in jeopardy, so there's no reason to do that. The best way to describe the look of his leg, for those that have seen the final season, this last season of Stranger Things, it's what Vecna did to his victims. That's exactly what his leg looks like. Those that have seen it will know exactly what I'm saying. And I, I'm not downplaying what he's done. For the fact that he's already back and playing on these major tournaments. Played four days at the Masters. And, and he's doing it with this right leg issue um, where he, he lost most of his calf muscle as a result of that crash in February of 2021 is remarkable. But to I, for the first time over the last month or so, after especially after seeing the recent play where he had to withdraw, I'm I'm not buying the competitive 
aspect of playing at a high level one more time. I'm surprised he wore shorts anywhere that he could be photographed. I would have thought we would never see his leg uh, outside of pants. You know what I mean? Outside of pants. That he would never let anybody see that to know what it looked like. But I do think it's actually a good thing because it helps people come to terms with just how bad it is and lowers expectations. Guys, when we come back, I just ran across a statistic that makes me ask the question, what in the hell is going on in country music? Oh, okay. I'll explain when we come back. All right. Outkick 360 yeah. rolls on. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Andrew Brandt will join us tomorrow, as will Scooby Wright, linebacker for the Birmingham Stallions, your championship team from the USFL. Looking forward to visits from from both guys. Maybe uh, another guest as well that you will want to be tuned in for. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. Outkick 360 rolls on here from Nashville. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. So um, I, I'm just scanning Twitter here and I'm getting some news. And I see some music news. So Luke Combs, country music artist, his album just debuted. And it's number one on the Billboard country album charts. He takes over for Morgan Wallen's album, Dangerous, the double album. This album was number one for 63 weeks straight. Over a year. So this bet, first off, good for Morgan Wallen, very successful, this album. It also begs the question, is anyone else making music in country music right now? I mean, you would think that the way the cycle works is the next big act will have an album that drops at some point and will at least for a week take over because people will rush to get that album. 63, we went over a year where Morgan Wallen was number one album. And well, I've not heard a song from it. That I'm is an incredible, that's an all-time record. Well, you that's proud an to say you absolutely run. have heard a song from it because you came in boasting about how much you loved the song that was being played and covered here on the stage. Well, when that's we told you it was Jason Isbell's song. Well, it's on the album. It's not Morgan Wallen's song. You, haven't heard, you have heard a song from the album. Uh, and the point being... Um, this is the new age of however we're judging this. I, I don't, I mean, when's the last time you guys purchased an album? I pay a monthly subscription and I don't download anything. I bought a song or two here or there, like compelled, like that's so good. I want to support the artist. And I still have iTunes collections where I like to slip a song in once in a while. It's um, so Luke but not Holmes an album. album to your, your point, Hutton, 74,000 units were sold. Now, are people, you know, does that count like people going to the record store and buying it when it comes they out of the vinyl also? Formu- they have some formula where a certain yeah. amount of streams counts as a buy, and it's, it's a BS formula that they maintain in order to be able to maintain the charts, which people still want charts. So this is just incredible to me. I mean, it's really two superstars completely controlling the album chart. Luke Combs. And Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs' 2017 debut spent 50 straight weeks at number one. That was surpassed by Morgan Wallen at 63 weeks. His sophomore album, What You See Is What You Get, had 37 straight weeks at number one. 
So I'm assuming this latest EP is going to be, or this latest album, is probably going to have a 30 to 40 week run based on recent history. Incredible. More power to it. You want to hear what Ben McAdoo once said about Baker Mayfield? Sure. This is before the draft. <laughs> yes. He said, he's got an edge to him. I like that. He's going to lead. They're going to follow him. I didn't see a lot of pro-style football in his college tape. And if you're short, you have to be able to make up for it some way, somehow. And personality doesn't do that. I didn't think he was a great athlete. This guy is kind of like a pocket quarterback that is short and with small hands. That's what I worry about. Wow. That's good. He's going to walk that back quickly. Yeah. Now that he's there. I love his hands. Small hands Man, don't bother I, you me. You know what? It really it struck me when I shook Baker's Kenny hand Peck for the it, first that's time. That's the guy I didn't like his small hands. That's why we I didn't guy's hand was way bigger than I expected when I shook it when I yeah, met him firm, here in Charlotte. Firm. The kind of Great hand that can really yeah. grip a Good football. firm grip. I mean, his athleticism off the charts, guys. I don't know if you saw what he did with the Browns, but man, was I off Really changed one. my opinion. Of well, now, now all the old quotes come back to life, right? Yeah. I, I kind of hate that about the whole thing. He was honest in 2018. Now he's got the guy and he has to make that go away, which is not only make it go away. He has to prove that he can win with him because eventually, no matter when he plays, he's going to be the starter <laughs> and he's going to be McAdoo's uh, life raft yep. to That's stay right. around with a head coach that he would like to remain around for a while. So you can keep his job, too. If it really went bad. I'll kick 360 tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks.